0: Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of LifeHouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you. For the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you, enjoy this message. Uh, we're so grateful that you've taken the time, the trouble, the travel, the travail to be here with us. I know that God is going to use this day to minister to your heart in a really special way. Thank you for believing in the mission of Lifehouse, that by God's grace, this is not a single cell church that we are multiplying and God has used you, your giving, your generosity to make a big, big difference. Uh, by God's grace, we have a couple of churches that we've launched and that are doing really well in in TJ, Tijuana, Mexico. How many say amen? Uh, I meant, um, a Lifehouse Coachella, we have a Lifehouse East Bakersfield, Wasco, Delano. Uh, as a matter of fact, Pastor Gabriel Diaz was here last Sunday and and, and just did a great job. And um, he hurt some of you and I'm here to heal your wounds, right? I'm here to just bring peace to your troubled heart after you heard Pastor Gabe. Uh, but, but God is doing something. Do you know that God has called this church with a five-fold purpose? Five-fold purpose and you can be part of it. And I believe that God has brought many of us, you, many of us are part of this church for a while. Some of you are, are just maybe test driving it, kicking the tires, and that's awesome. Um, but God has called this church to reach the lost. That is our primary, our prime directive, that together we can reach the lost, because that was Jesus' prime directive. He came to to seek and to find the lost. How many say Amen. Our second prime uh, like like right after that is is to retain the next generation. We want this church to be a multi-generational multicultural church. We want this church to be the church of, of our, our of our grandparents, our parents and our children and our children's children and so we we are asking God we believe that God has called us to be, a church that retains, reaches, and retains the next generation. Thirdly, a church that disciples the believer, that would be you. That would be everyone here that has come into faith in Jesus Christ. You have a path in front of you. It's a growth path. It's a path to recognize your your identity, your gifts, and to to be engaged in missional uh, efficacy, missional efficacy. In other words, you need to be on mission. And as a church, we're going to do our very, very best to help you uh, find your mission and then stay on mission. Uh, and then grow because others are waiting, are needing to have uh, and experience uh, their breakthrough. Then number four, we want to uh, equip and engage and empower the leaders, em- uh, the, the emerging leaders, the leader in you, we want to uh, equip people, we want to empower them to do ministry. And then number five, we want to multiply. We want every every believer, every leader, every department every ministry every campus to multiply how many say amen so we're just so grateful that you're here today uh we've been on a series today is the last sunday on the series of empty tombs that's our series empty tombs the idea the premise is that as long as you find yourself in a tomb yourself you'll never be able to be used of god that you'll always be behind a stone um, and then when Jesus resurrected and his tomb was empty, so were other tombs. That same morning when Jesus arose uh, on that third day, the Bible says that tombs were opened all over Jerusalem. Other saints were raised from the dead as well. That is symbolic. I think that is in keeping with, with, with what God was trying to give you a message that when Jesus rose and, and uh, was released from his tomb, the Bible says in Ephesians that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is also in you. The power, the same power, that raised Jesus from the dead is also active in you. It's the same power, the same power that took a a dead and mortified body and brought it back to life after three days of being in a tomb. And and I just want, we are praying that you would experience that same resurrection power in your life, your dreams, your calling, your mission, that you would experience a resuscitation, more than just resuscitation, more than just a, a resurrection, but that you would find significance that you would find yourself uh, on mission. And then part of that mission is not just to to be alive, to be saved uh, and be delivered from a tomb like Lazarus. Uh, most of you would know the, the story of Lazarus and and uh, he was brought out of a tomb. Jesus uh, was brought there uh, by Mary and uh, Martha, uh, his, his sisters. They were like disappointed in Jesus. Like maybe some of us, when you have high expectations of someone and and they don't meet your expectations, oftentimes, we end up drawing the wrong conclusions. So they were hurt, they were devastated, they were disappointed that Jesus didn't show up when they thought he needed to show up while he was still alive and sickly. And they invited him to come, but he delayed intentionally. By the time he got there, uh, Lazarus has already been uh, uh, buried four days. As a matter of fact, uh, Martha says his body stinketh. Uh, Don't look around, (laughs) don't look around, thank you, yeah like like he's already decomposing right so so man this that's this is beyond hope what are you trying to do so Jesus says show me where you buried him show me where he's at and so they did they went and they took him to the tomb uh, and Jesus says remove the stone remove the the impediment and then Jesus does something that's only only uh, Christ uh, who is himself the resurrection and the life and he says Lazarus come forth Lazarus come out of your tomb and he did. Uh, it was a, like a miracle of miracles. It was probably Jesus' signature miracle on this earth proving, proving that he had power and authority over death, that he is who He says He is, that he is the resurrection and the life. and that death can't hold him back. How many say, amen, that that no circumstance, no no situation in your life, no matter how already putrid, how far gone you think it is, how much it stinketh your situation. Uh, there is nothing beyond God's power uh, to call you out of your own grave, your own misery, uh, uh, your own mendacity, uh, to call you out and, and, to, uh, and to free you from your own uh, tomb, from your own grave. And But here's the predicament that, that Lazarus comes out, but he was still, uh, he was still uh, in his um, um, wrappings. He, he was still bound. He was bound and and he was not free and many of us are right there you are delivered you are saved you are born again but you still are bound you have habits you have issues you have hurts um, you have hang-ups that are struggle that you struggle you have things that are in your heart toxic emotions feelings anger bitterness and then yes you believe in god and yes you are born again and yes jesus has brought you out of your tomb but you find yourself in a conundrum in a predicament you find yourself bound you're not free you're not happy you're not uh, you're not who God needs you and and you want to be and that's what this message is that you have a story and your story can't be told as long as you're still bound uh, you're saved and delivered but if you're, if you're not sharing your story if you're not la- allowing God to use you if you're not serving if you're not growing if you're not like engaged then the enemy just has you. Yes, so, so thank God you rose again. Uh, thank God that you resurrected. Thank God that you're out of your tomb. Thank God that you are saved, uh, but ineffective, but ineffective because you have not really engaged or reengaged in your missional purpose that God has for you. How many say amen? And that is what the message is this morning, that, that um, I want to, to empty tombs. And then here's the, a thought that I want you to have here. Uh, let me go back to the thought that i want you to start with here um right there tombs and testimonies go hand in hand tombs and testimonies uh if you remain in your tomb uh, then the power of your testimony will be buried with you if you remain in your tomb as long as you are inactive as long as you're not engaged as long as you're not growing spiritually then that very purpose the very reason why god saved you ordained you blessed you brought you out of sin and darkness and calamity and brought you into the household of faith it was not so that you would sit and uh, but it was not so that you would sit and enjoy services it was that you would serve and grow and make a difference is that you would share your story your testimony your background where god what god has done and where god has brought you out of uh and and what has god done in your life that is unique that only has happened to you in other words everybody has a unique story and you have a unique testimony but that testimony is bound is wrapped up and so jesus tells the, the apostles loose him right so there's lazarus, lazarus and jesus says loose him uh unbind him so that he could share his testimony so that he could be a testimony a living witness for everyone else uh to know to see to hear about the power the resurrection power of christ jesus And many of us find ourselves, just like the disciples, the day after the, or when Jesus rose that they did not know on the defensive. You find yourself discouraged or disillusioned. You're dealing with the fog of events in your life, the fog of war. The fog of brokenness of broken relationships and you're you're in this place in the middle you don't know what to do with yourself you don't know what to do with the relationship you don't even know where you're going a lot of us are struggling with right now with your calling you know you should be doing something but but maybe in the past there's been reasons and maybe valid reasons why you were discouraged why somebody disappointed you a church or even a pastor disappointed you and didn't quite measure up to your expectations remember high expectations and low and, and the reality when they crash when those expectations are are not met there's disillusionment there's brokenness you get discouraged when those expectations are not met by somebody including a church that might have uh, fallen short from your expectations so we find our disciples cowering behind closed doors in this story we're going to be reading john chapter 20 they're cowering behind closed doors and locked for good measure. They are dazed and confused, not only by the devastating events that of the past few hours and days, but their own shortcomings. They've all were scandalized. They all uh, fell short. Peter, uh, amongst uh, the the best of them, who denied Christ and said, I don't know him, he cursed uh, and and, and just basically, uh, you know, engaged in just a profanity, if you will, the worst of the worst. It was, by the way, from the abundance of the heart, that's where the mouth speaks. And so they were dazed, uh, and, and not only because of the events, but their own shortcomings and failures. Uh, we find them, like many of us, gripped, uh, gripped, and in the throes of fear and frightened beyond words. They are beleaguered, barricaded, besides themselves, in a non nondescript house. We get no description of that house other than that it was closed. The doors were closed, the windows were shuttered. That's what the Bible says. And these, uh, these uh, disciples, uh, are there cowering, afraid of the Jews. Uh, they were leaderless, uh, helpless, hopeless and helpless uh, with, uh, with no sense of purpose uh, or direction whatsoever at this stage. So they are fraught with guilt as well. Like maybe some of them, some of us know that, man, you've messed up, you blew it, the devil's got you in terms of uh, addiction, fixation and obsessions. Uh, some of you need a deliverance today. You need to be delivered from yourself. Uh, from your what's happening in your heart uh, the, in terms of, of greed or envy or lust or anger or confusion and or bitterness. And so they are fraught with guilt, uh, no doubt struggling with their, the weight of shame and self-condemnation for failing to stand uh, up to the mob, up to the Sanhedrin, stand with Jesus uh, and stand with him when he was being cu- crucified. But they were nowhere to be found when the going got tough. Uh, all these tough uh disciples got going but in the opposite direction uh the truth is that that a lot of us are in the midst of chaos there's confusion in your life there's consternation and it will lead you it will lead you to not only miss out on the glory the power of a resurrected jesus but it'll blind you like the like the two uh, travelers last sunday that we talked about the two travelers to emmaus the women that came to the gravesite to try and anoint the body of jesus They were not able to discern, to distinguish, to identify uh, that Jesus was there. That it was Jesus that was there uh, right outside the tomb. And Mary Magdalene is dazed and confused and saying, where have you placed him? And she's crying and Jesus himself says, Mary Magdalene, why are you weeping? Why are you crying? And that's a good question for a lot of us today that you don't see Jesus for, for the sense of you. You don't even see or sense God. Uh, some of us because of your predicament or your situation and or uh what's happening in your heart and these travelers to emmaus also were blinded without seeing jesus and and i'm afraid that some of us might miss out on the power of the resurrection but not just the power of the resurrection and god's the your missional purpose but the power of your testimony the power behind your story because somebody needs to hear your story and you think that your story is not significant and yet your story has the elements that are necessary. That's all God wants to use is he wants to start with your story. Where did God bring you out of? How has God's grace been You've been on your life? Where did God deliver you from? Have you experienced God's presence and God's peace and God's breakthroughs? Has God blessed you? And it's been a while since you really stopped and, and looked at where and from where God has brought you out of? So you're so concerned about right now and oh God, and you're melting and, and, and you have all this pressure that you, without really looking back again and saying, look at what, look at what God has done. Look at what God has done in my life. Look at where he's brought me out of. And yes, I have situations and yes, I have uh, challenges right now. And yes, my life is not perfect, but wow, look at what God has done in my life, where he has delivered me. Where hence God has brought me out of and how he's blessed me and given you the opportunity to sit to sit in a in a church this morning and contemplate the horizons, contemplate the possibilities what would happen if you reengage in missional in missional in a missional life because apart from the purpose and the power of the resurrection no one no one here can overlive a, a life that is an overcoming life or a, a life of victory something that happens when we're overcome by Uh, by negative emotions, Uh, confusion, pain, grief, sorrow, um, fear, unforgiveness, anger, hate, hurt, bitterness, jealousy, doubt, and unbelief. All of a sudden, your eyes get veiled. You no longer are able to see Jesus uh, for the plan that he has for you. And so Jesus would come by these women and say, why are you weeping Uh, when you're unable to deal with unmet expectations? A lot of us have, you had expectations of somebody, of yourself or someone else, and those expectations were not met even by a church, I want to just reiterate, and if that's happened, please forgive us, please forgive this pastor. I, I sometimes I, I, I joke and I muse, and uh, sometimes I, uh, I, I use humor sometimes, because that's, it comes natural to me. But, but it, it does, it just and it's a weird kind of humor, it's oblique, it comes out of nowhere, it's dry humor. But, but I, I do, but I want to just apologize for everybody and anybody that this church has not met your expectations. At the end of the day there's no one else responsible other than myself i am the first a person responsible for maybe what how you're greeted how you're treated you know how um you're supposed to be loved and cared for and and how this church is supposed to serve you equip you so that you can be the person the disciple that god wants you to be so that then you can be the extension of god's love the extension of god's plan you can be the hope for somebody else that God has put in your sphere and uh, your orbit and your sphere of influence. And for all our shortcomings, my shortcomings, I do sincerely want to apologize. And, and I would ask that you would forgive us, forgive me. And, and that said, I also want to let you know that, that God knows my heart. That nothing ha- I've done nothing that's intentional to undermine your, God's plan for your life and that was never our plan. It's part of what happens in life, and it may be it's a test for us to get better, and it could be a test for you to be able to shake yourself, dust yourself off, and say, God, this is where you brought me, this is where you have me, and so how do we scale together, and together, how do we reach the lost, retain the next generation, and disciple believers? How many say amen to the, to the glory of God? Uh, so let me ask you a question so what is keeping you from sharing your testimony from sharing your story do you know that there's power in your story that that no one's life is insignificant and no one's comeback is is a story that should not be told that you have a witness that you have you are the witness to your own account that only you can share with others and as long as you are entombed as long as you are still in a grave as, as long as you're still struggling with shame and blame uh, and the past as long as you are not free and you're still bound uh, by those wrappings those grave wrappings uh, of your past your past is still follows you and yes you are delivered and yes you're saved but i want to reiterate i want to repeat it a lot of us you're not free uh, from the circumstances from the predicaments that you've entangled yourself with uh, i want you to again just look at the story that we have here uh john chapter 20 that i was sharing here that on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear, the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you, peace be with you. And he said this and he showed them his his hands and his side because they knew he had been crucified. Could this be a ghost? Could this be a specter? Could this be a spook? Uh, Could this be somebody that was an imposter? And so Jesus says, authenticity, just to authenticate who he is. And he shows them the wounds in his hands and the wound by his side. And then they rejoiced. They were overjoyed when they saw that it was the Lord, that it was the Lord. A lot of us try to hide our scars. A lot of us are ashamed of our wounds. Uh, We don't want to share with anybody what you've been through because you think it's a, it's a, it's weakness. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of greatness. It's a sign of authenticity. It's a sign that a reality. It's a sign that you've been through some things, that you've been through some things, that, that, that it through it all, uh, you, you're not bleeding. You're just, you, you got the scars of when you were bleeding. Uh, you're not broke or broken, but you've got the scars to prove it, that you've gone through some things and that God has brought you from death to life. And here's the scars to prove it. Here's the wound of my past failures, my past failure in a relationship or a marriage or a job. And pastor, I'm starting all over, but I've got the wounds and I've got the scars to prove that God has been merciful, that God has been good. And so don't be ashamed of your past. Don't be ashamed of your scars and your wounds. Uh, They need to heal, but once they're healed, those scars are a testimony of God's faithfulness. How many say amen? And then Jesus says something so powerful that it's a paradigm shift for them. It's a power paradigm shift for anybody here that you're able to see this in your heart. And again, Jesus says, "Peace be with you." It's almost like he knows that they, he knows that they were struggling, that there was a war, and I'm going to talk about the spirit of a war of a warfare right now in this part of this message. There was a war inside them. Uh, that there, and Jesus just reiterates and he says, "Hey guys, I want to tell you peace." Why can Jesus say peace? Because he's the Prince of Peace because he's earned the right uh to bring peace in the middle of devastation and god has the power to bring peace to your disorder chaotic confusing uh uh life and says and then he says as my father uh, has sent me in the same spirit modality nature uh, that i've been sent i am sending you sending i am sending i mean i am commissioning you i'm giving you authority i'm giving you uh the the tools the credentials if you will just in the same spirit and just how God the Father sent me, I am sending you. And with that, and with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. He would, and he says, Receive the Holy Spirit. The difference maker is the Holy Spirit. Uh, the empowerer, the paraclete. The paraclete is a Greek word that says, the, the power of God that comes and stands beside you, behind you, in front of you. The, the power of God is with you. The power of God. Emmanuel is not just, he's now in you. He's he's he empowers you. And I'm going to talk about why this is so important uh, for you in terms of, of coming out of your wounds, uh, your wrappings, your grave uh wrappings, and then how God wants to use you and move you to the next level and, and use you to the next dimension. The first thing that God wants to do here Uh, so what is keeping uh, you from telling your story so what keeps you from just using your testimony remember tunes and testimonies so the first thing there in your outline um, so um, the the first note here is is what keeps you from sharing from telling your story is is this outline it's it's a great outline and I'm going to share with you some thoughts that I think can help you the first the first thing that comes against you or the first thing that imprisons us and entombs you, keeps you inside your tomb, or if you've been delivered, but you still have those graveside, those grave wrappings around you. So Jesus tells the church, he says, hey, free him, loose him from his wrappings, from his grave wrappings uh, that that basically bind him, that bind you. The first thing is that you've got to come and you have to confront is fear. All of us have to have different levels of fear. What if I fail? What if I do? What if I serve, Pastor? What if I go out there and I got hurt once or twice or thrice? Some of you guys have been hurt. So you've been hurt so many times that that you're like like your own calamity walking, like like you've been hurt. But what would happen if you just do it one more time and this time you learn lessons and this time you develop a, like thick skin, thick skin and a gentle heart. Uh, Fear is one of the most toxic and therefore tragic emotions that devastates. It diminishes and destroys your God-given potential and purpose. So fear is used by the enemy to stop you, to paralyze you, to enclose yourself in, to barricade yourself behind walls. Uh, You close the door, you shutter the windows, you got walls. And then in this story, Jesus shows up in the middle of them while the doors are closed, the windows are shut, and the walls are, are whatever thickness they may have been but the truth is that when jesus wants to show up nothing or no one can stop jesus from showing up when he wants to there's no wall there's no door there's no uh, hindrance there's no impediment uh, that will stop jesus from showing up in your life right in the middle of your predicament your circumstances your devastation god jesus wants to show up is showing up right now in some of your lives and say hey i'm still relevant i'm still here and I'm here to have fellowship and commune with you, even if you're like devastated. And, and so fear um, is, is devastates. It diminishes. It reduces. It limits. It, it ultimately undermines and destroys the potential that, and the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. Um, I want to just reiterate John 20, um, um, 19, that the doors were locked for fear. Just Just what doors... If you ask yourself, what doors have you uh, locked yourself behind, um, what are, maybe it's an excuse if you're honest with yourself. Maybe it is most of the time an excuse because a lot of us have a hard time facing and being honest with ourselves, and that's the truth. And so the last it's okay if somebody deceives you. But the last person you want deceiving you is you.? Like, like it's okay if somebody fools you. But if you're fooling yourself, if you're telling yourself a story and you, you you're, you're just telling yourself a lie. And that, that maybe, maybe in your mind you're justified, but when you stand before the living God one day and you give an account of your li- for your life and your decisions, I promise you, no one, no one can fool God. You will stand and give an account for God's grace, God's favor, God's blessings, God's salvation, God's open doors and opportunities. But if you say, yeah, but I was hurt or but I, was, I was afraid, like the person that had the one talent and hit it, and God was very severe with that person that received a talent from God, and hid the talent instead of, of putting it to work and investing that talent for the kingdom of God. I pray, I pray that's not you. What are the doors that you've locked yourself behind for fear? For fear. Um, Genesis 3.10, And um, uh, the Lord God called the man. talking about Adam. So Eve and Adam fell. They failed. They sinned. They, they went after the forbidden fruit like many, many, many of us. You've done something that you know was wrong. You know it was wrong even while you were doing it, and yet God, in His mercy, calls them It says, "Adam, it's interesting, man, that He didn't call Eve. He called the man. He called the husband." He says, "Adam vemparaka." That's Hebrew, by the way. Vemparaka. That's Hebrew for all of those of you that that know deep Hebrew. Vempakwa. Right? Greek. Vempakwa. Like like He calls them, and 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 then this this is what happens. He says. Gaga says, Adam, where are you? That's a great question for everybody here. Where are you? And he answered, I heard you. I heard you in the garden, like many times before. And I was afraid. Look at what fear does. Fear will make you hide. Fear will make you feel vulnerable. Fear will make you feel like I'm naked, like I don't want anyone to see me. What if I fail? What if I don't? What if it doesn't work? What if I, I i try to sing or worship or or do something for god and i fail and, it, and the fear uh leads you to hide those gifts to hide and not give an account and not stand before god it's interesting that god told uh um, moses told uh joseph um, joshua joshua and he's praying he says joshua he says be strong and courageous this is moses Uh, speaking to Joshua he's about to take the mantle the mantle of leadership and he's afraid he's afraid to fail and he says be strong and courageous do not be afraid or terrified because God knows how devastating it is to allow yourself to be shuttered to be enclosed to be entombed behind closed doors uh, because of fear because of fear it'll devastate it'll undermine it'll diminish your gifts It'll diminish your influence with your family and your future because you won't be able to scale as long as you're paralyzed hiding behind uh, the past or the past failures or maybe other people's failures and you're using that, what other people have done and maybe the mistakes as a crutch. That's your excuse that you're using to not engage in real life ministry and growing or the Lord, your God goes with you. I want you to see God goes with you He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, he tells them. The Lord himself goes in front of you. Not only is he right alongside, God is already ahead of you. And before you turn the bend, he's already there. And God is opening doors and he's taking care of your enemies. And God goes not only with you, but he goes ahead of you. And if you're able to see that in your mind's eye, he goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. And do not be discouraged. How many say Amen? So here's Jarius. Many of you know the story of a, of a very important principle. It was a man of a synagogue. He was a leader of a synagogue, religious. His daughter is uh, just sick, devastated, and he's waiting while somebody else gets healed. By the time that other person gets healed, a woman with the issue of blood, the the news arrives by his own servants. It says, says Jarius, don't bother the master, Jarius. Your daughter is dead so so let's just call it a wrap let's just like lick your wounds suffer your your shame your your devastating loss and hey it's over it's interesting that they say jarius and then jesus says to him jarius don't be afraid just 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 believe like 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 don't let fear or panic or dread or or being afraid undermine what God has for you, Amen. what God is intending for you, what God wants to do for you and, on your behalf and use you. And he says, uh, don't be afraid. Just believe. Just just, just worship. Just be part of a, of a movement, of a church. Get engaged. Become part of the body of Jesus Christ. Don't give up. I know that some of us are seeing the you know, reasons. I know that. And maybe some of the reasons are justified. I'm not saying that they're not. But almost no reason will be justification uh, um, in God's eyes for you and I to quit prematurely. Now if God has a plan and God is calling you elsewhere, amen. If God, amen, 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 uh, I've never, ever, ever felt um, or or, uh, manipulated anybody to do something that, that I didn't feel God was wanting us to do. But I just sense right now in my spirit, some of you are discouraged. Some of you have gone through some things, and you're thinking, man, this is, this, is, this is not scaling. I just sense that God is saying, hey, no quitties. That's like another Hebrew word, no quitties. <laughs> like, like, like quit. Uh, no quit, No quitties. Don't quit. Uh, don't, don't quit. Don't throw, don't throw in the towel. Don't hang up the gloves. Don't disengage. Don't walk away like the two the two disciples that were walking away to a strange village called Emmaus. The name Emmaus means nowhere. And they were walking away from their destiny because they, they were hit with bad news, at least according to their eyes. The second thing that why many of us, um, what keeps you from, from telling your story, from sharing your testimony, being effective, being resurrected and effective is warfare. Uh, Spiritual warfare, because dealing with spiritual warfare effectively, dealing with spiritual warfare effectively. Now, all of us are engaged in spiritual warfare, whether you know it or not, whether you want to or not. Everybody is facing warfare. You are under attack all the time. Your mind is under attack all the time. Your emotions, uh, brother and sisters uh, and mister, your emotions are under attack all the time. There are spiritual uh, principalities in the air, and I'm going to read that verse here. Uh, one that a lot of us are familiar but a lot of us take it for granted a lot of us forget that the reason you're waking up the reason why you are the mood you're in the reason you might be angry bitter 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 uh, when or uh, resentful like you have resentment the reason you're envious uh, the reason a lot of men are jealous of me is because (laughs) I mean come on people I'm being facetious. sorry Uh, jealousy you guys have to be careful with jealousy Uh, but but sorry like like the anointing left right the anointing, but it'll come right back like this way oh it's back the anointing right yeah uh, but but some of these toxic emotions like dealing with spiritual warfare whether you realize it or not and in the old testament it's not in no, no, no. so the ultimate one of my well just a favorite a great story is a prophet elisha he's being surrounded he's in dothan a little town called dothan and and the the army of syria realizes that hey this guy scales if we eliminate Elisha, because Elisha would get revelation, he would tell the king of Israel, hey, don't go there, uh, there's, a, uh, there's an ambush. Amen. And he would warn him, hey, be careful over here in this mountaintop, there's, there's an ambush there. And he would just tell him. And the king of Syria just, just uh, can't ha- handle it anymore. He calls all his generals and says, who among you is betraying me? I, we have a spy in our midst here in my, uh, in my, in my table, my round table of, of leaders. And then one of them, I believe it was Naaman, who told him, Sir, we're all, we're all loyal. There's, there's, but in Israel, there's a man, there's a prophet that sees everything. He, he knows what you're doing, even in your most private chamber. Ooh, that's scary. Yeah? Like, like my kids would say, that's scary. Not, not just scary, scary. Like that. Like, and so he says, okay, then that's the guy you got to take out. And he sends an entire army, surrounds a little town and uh what i'm trying to do is sure sure with you that the reality of spiritual warfare what looked like was physical was spiritual Amen. so he's surrounded by a physical army his his servant looks out in the morning he says oh he panics and, and he belts and he comes to elisha the prophet says we're done i mean we're surrounded we're dead and uh he says no we're not and and he says and he says a prayer let me pray for you and he prays and he says lord open his eyes so that he would see and when he after the prayer he saw just angels chariots hundreds and thousands of angels on fire chariots all in other words the the army that was surrounding elijah was surrounded by angels and by the armies of god can you see that can you see that in your mind's eye the reality of spiritual warfare is more real than even yourself so see yourself, talk to yourself, see yourself in the mirror. The reality of spiritual warfare is more real than you are in your, in your present life and consciousness. It is so real that we ignore it because it's invisible. And yet there are spirits that are working against you. There, there is temptation, there are all kinds of, 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 of entities that are uh, malignant, that are diabolical, that are evil, that are dark, that are sinister and dastardly. That are, that are uh, attacking the life and the mind and the heart of a believer. Yes, yes. And dealing with spiritual warfare effectively is a matter of life and death. And that is no hyperbole. I want to say that again. I want to say it because I think this group is more spiritual over here. <laughs> if you don't learn how to do spiritual warfare effectively, it's a matter of life and death. Your relationships will never have life. They'll always be under uh, 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 under pressure, under death, under a death sentence. Your ministry is dead, your life, your calling, your purpose. If you don't know and, and learn how to do spiritual warfare or at least engage with it, knowing that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. That the weapons that you have are mighty through God. The weapon of prayer and the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of God and the spirit of the living God. That your faith, your family, and your future are at stake. Yeah. Your relationships, the, the health and well-being of your relationship, the health and well-being of your kids, yeah. mom and dad. If you're not the man or the woman that God wants you to be spiritually, uh, you have people that you love that come under attack. Yeah. Come yeah, and people that you care about and you won't be able to help them unless you understand and you learn and you develop the tools, the tools that God has already given us, the, the, the weapons of your warfare. Are not carnal. They're not mental. They're not intelligence. They don't, they don't, they're not because you say or because you know or because you have that little pep talk with your son or your daughter. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They are mighty. They are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. They pull down strongholds. Let me just put it to you this way. So Jesus says, And peace be with you uh, to the disciples. Uh, Peace be with you. Like, peace, why? Because there's warfare. They, They were warring. They were struggling. They were just like giving up had the white flag of surrender because the warfare was too much for them and Jesus says I come to bring peace to your war I, I bring peace to your struggle uh, and in the midst of your darkest night folks your fiercest fight Jesus alone brings victory and with that victory a peace uh, which surpasses all understanding peace that surpasses all understanding Paul says to the Ephesians and Ephesians and he says it this way for our struggle or your fight your warfare is not against flesh and blood but against rulers listen people rulers and against authorities and against powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms therefore put on the full armor of god therefore put on the armor of god the helmet of salvation the, the breastplate of righteousness the shield of faith uh, the sword of the truth of the word of God. Put on the whole armor of God. How many says, say amen this morning? So James asks the question, so where do fights, wars, and fights come from? Where does conflict? Right there. So where does it come from? So first, it comes from heavenly places, uh, dark places, authority, rulers of uh, dark places, principalities, powers, spirits that are evil. That's one place where warfare comes from. And the fight is being brought to you whether you want it or not that fight is being brought uh to you it's it's already engaging against you the other place is from yourself from your lust, from your body from your flesh from your flesh from your con- compute, compute, concupiscences that is that is a word by the way concupiscences uh, this was comp- anyway I was gonna say it in Spanish but uh, but I'd rather say it in Greek concupiscences um from from your own passion yeah 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 from your own flesh right From your own flesh your own greed your anger your bitterness from your own feelings your own flesh Um, and um so where do they come from Uh, don't they come from your own desires that battle within you your own lustful or fleshly desires that battle within you um he says you lust but you don't have you murder and you covet and you cannot obtain you fight and you war and yet you do not have and it's powerful why because there's one way to do warfare, and there's the wrong way to do warfare. And what he says, you can't do warfare, you can't win in your own strength. You don't have it. You're not strong enough, you're not smart enough to win on your own terms. Uh, you can't fight your boss, you can't fight people that, that, that have that gotten under your skin. You can't hate people and win. You can't badmouth people and, and think that you, that you did it, or you told them off, or you said something. I, I remember I've shared with you guys that when we were doing some piano like that. Like like we were practicing a set. I used to lead worship, Sister Josie. Yeah, every once in a while, I just want to take over. Yeah, I, I do. I just just I like, God, why is this not scaling? Let me go up there. I used to, I, I do, I, I used to lead worship and I could play an instrument or two. Um, but anyway, we were practicing before the service and there was a rule, like, like right before at 5, after 5.30, there was a half hour of, of prayer before we would, you know, minister. And so we were just trying to get the, round, the, the, the last set in order. One of the deacons, like right at 5 30, comes and he says to us, That's it. You can't practice anymore. You're done. And so it was not so much what he said. It was the tone that kind of just, so I told the people, you know, Okay, let's just finish. So he walked away, and by maybe a minute or two later, he comes back and he says, You know what? You guys are, you know, you're breaking the rule and, and solid just because you think you're somebody special. And I was thinking, yes. No, no, I, I think, you know. Like, like, how did you know? I'm going to think, how did you know that? That must be the gift of revelation. How did you know? It's in, the, in, in our former church. And so he says, just yes, because you're sold and, blah, blah, and he just like. And then, you know, just the flesh, right? Everybody has flesh. All of us can make mistakes. And I told the, this deacon, if you don't like it, it's too bad. And you could turn, I, I, this is what, I said, you can go left right here, and then go another left, and then another left, and there's the pastor's office. Why don't you go ahead and, and, and file a complaint, is what I told him, go ahead and file a complaint. And then he just left all flustered. And then my first thought was, that'll teach him, right? That'll show him. And then immediately the Holy Spirit says, no, soul. You didn't weigh. You lost. Yeah, this is not anything to brag about. You, you, you just made my heart sad. It's just, you got, into the, you got in the flesh and you, you got smart-alecky instead of just kind of taking, the not, not allowing your flesh to get the best of you. Folks, that's when we make our biggest mistakes, all of us. And so I felt grieved. I grieved the Holy Spirit. That was a Sunday, the next Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the, of the same week I was gonna be speaking in Oakland in a crusade. I just felt like like God, the Holy Spirit, was grieved and made me responsible. I was not looking for him because they immediately he said, Lord, but you know that he started it. And I ended it. No, no, I didn't say that. After that. Just, 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 I, I just felt that no excuses. And then, so God says, you need to go apologize. You need to apologize to him in person. And I said, we would used to have a Wednesday services is on Wednesday, I'll see him and then I'll, I'll ask him to forgive me. And God says, no, I don't want you to do it here at church. This is neutral territory. I want you to go to his house, and I want you to knock at his front door, and I want where he's king, where he's master. I want you to humble yourself, and I want you to ask him to forgive you. And I said, oh, no, you don't. Like, that ain't going to happen. You know, that ain't going to happen. That's not going to scale. You know, Oh, Tuesday, Monday, like, I just feel. So I used to, like, Tuesday night, That God says, okay, go ahead and go to Oakland without me. (laughs) Go ahead and preach without my presence. Go ahead and preach without my blessing. And so there I am. This is true story. I just went around that block several times asking God to release me. Like, God, I showed up. Nobody home. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Finally, I parked right in front. And then I asked the Holy Spirit. I stood right in front of this door. I asked the Holy Spirit to help me mean it. Right? Now watch, sometimes you do things because you're compelled to do things, but you don't mean it, it's not from your heart. And I asked the Holy Spirit, help me mean it. I've grieved you and I've offended a brother, offended a brother. Help me mean it. So I knocked in his door, his name is, was Roberto de Jesús Guzmán. It's why I knocked on his door and I. he's shocked that I'm in front of his door and I'm shocked that he's shocked that I'm shocked. We we're, we're all shocked, like he's like like he's speechless, I'm speechless <laughs> So he finally says, "Um, come in." So I, I come in and I said, "I'm here because I've offended you and I, I've offended and I grieved God's heart. I've come here to apologize and And I just began to sense it keenly, I felt it genuinely, and I just broke down and I said, "You know, please forgive me." And he says to me. No, forgive me. He says, I haven't been able to sleep because that was a bad moment for both of us. And I told him, you started it. No, I did not tell it. I, I didn't say that. Sorry. I'm misremembering the story. And so we just, both of us, we just hugged each other. We forgave each other. And I told him, Brother Guzman, this, this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll we'll be in, in Oakland. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me that God would use us to just minister a word from God? And um, he did. He did it's like the most beautiful prayer. He brought out anointed oil. And he anointed me. And he just began to pray for me. Do so you know that he prayed for me? And then just, he got on his knees and he prayed for my feet. And he just began to pray for my feet. And he just began to say, and he began to say that verse, that, that beautiful are the feet of them. that bring the gospel of Kutus. beautiful are the feet upon the mountains of them that share in the goodness while he's there praying for my feet i'm just like saying god forgive me forgive me and uh we became really really good friends later on heal god used them to start a really great church in wasco wasco california he started his church and um, a few years later, maybe 15 years after he started that church, he comes and visits here just a few years back, came and visit me and he says, Pastor Saul, I says, I just want to share with you that I have been diagnosed with cancer. Well, the doctor doesn't think I'm going to make it. And I've been praying about who can take over our church in Wasco. And i said no let's not go there yet let's pray for your healing let's pray for god to restore you you keep praying about that now pray about that too i didn't have any at that point folks i have no one no it was not in my heart to have other churches to to lead other campuses and god used this story of brokenness and just 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 restoration and there he is right here at that, that office. It's the same pastor, let's pray. So we prayed. Do you know that at that time we were a cornerstone? Oh, that, that was the name of this church. Before living God, one day he comes, He's going. he was going therapy, he was getting uh, chemotherapy. And he would come from the, the chemotherapy session and would come, sometimes he would sit there just weak. And he says, pastor, I had a dream. And it was so real. And he's telling me in Spanish because he's a Spanish speaker. And he says, hey, this is what I saw. And he does a circle. He draws a circle, and he draws a letter L and a letter H. But we're trying to figure out what that means in Spanish. What that means in Spanish. And I'm telling, I'm talking. We're talking in Spanish. I believe it because he was weeping Says, I, I don't. Does this mean anything to you, guy? I, I told him not yet, but but you know could it be this? And you know, all in Spanish. So I saved that. <laughs> I saved that later on later on right so we're just praying about identity and a shift in this church and where we're going that God wants us to reach the lost retain the next generation disciple the believer equip and engage you that the emerging leader empower you and then to multiply and then God what we were talking all of us in one day we're talking about you know what's the name of this church we settle on the name Lifehouse. Right? Lifehouse. It then dawned on me. Until later on, I was going through some papers, and I'm thinking, "Look at God. God! Look at what this man saw. He passed away, and he just, just, and is born and his wife, and his daughters are still there. and They're still part of Lifehouse, Wasco. They're part of Lifehouse, Wasco. Lifehouse, Wasco. That's what he saw. He saw his own church." <laughs> he saw his own church where his wife his widow and the daughters and his grandkids they still go they worship at Lifehouse Bosco there's a few more notes but I think they 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 beg would you just would you bow your heads with me I'd would you would you bow your heads with me I don't know when perhaps you've dropped the ball maybe you're the baton maybe the mantle there are men of god in this place women of god that there's a calling of god on your life there really is and then just things have happened maybe you've engaged and maybe this church has not done a good job and i'll take the responsibility but together if you just dust yourself off if if it's okay if we all show our wounds if we show our scars it's okay if we say here it is it, this is our shortcoming this is our shortcoming as a church and then forgive us but don't let that hold you back don't let it be two shortcomings on both sides <laughs> where where the enemy's got you stymied he's got you stuck he's got you paralyzed and you can't leave by the way you can't leave this place because <laughs> if God's brought you here you can't leave by the way if God has not brought you here you can't stay right you can't stay even if you want to but if god's made this if, if god's called you to this church to, to, to walk with this family it's frail and is and is and is uh, imperfect as we are just like every family by the way it's still our family we stick together and if god's called you to serve if god's called you to grow if god's called you to engage in ministry if god's given you gifts if you can lead a life group if you can teach if you can share if you can serve somewhere then this is your church, because God has called us together to lead thousands of people to know God, to grow together, to grow in unity, and then to go serve and make a difference. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the Lifehouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at Lifehouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey that will lead you to know God better, grow together and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.